We're here with none other than Johnny and the Food Masters. How's everyone doing? Mm. Pretty good. Pretty oh, good. Fuck yourself. I'm still <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. Yeah. Well, it'd be right around this time, as we were just saying, that we'd normally be having our, our annual holiday party. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously. I know. I'm over for the holidays. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I got to give credit to you, uh, C Solid. You came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, when, it, when the shoe fits, yeah, when the exactly. shoe fits, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, obviously, you guys know where it comes from, but sure. it was actually the idea of yours truly to right no i remember you saying like that we should use that as a name but i don't really remember much other than that like it's obviously like a black lips reference but like I don't, beyond that i don't really remember <laughs> how did you pronounce it ben the abbreviated version Clim, i believe Clim, Clim. yes i've always i, I always yeah glenn and i have always pronounced it as clam some people do for some reason a lot of people say kai lamb which always is like uh, well i think people were influenced by ben who was influenced by 88.9 w-e-r-s clam <laughs> i feel i do feel the influence i do they were they were pretty serious about pronunciation there you know emerson being a communication school and all there was literally a sign in the studio that said double u like spelled out the word double and then u because when everyone says the letter w they say w and so they wanted to get rid of that they wanted us to always say double u makes sense and it was about 50 50 with the results you know until by the end of my time there, they had actually switched it. They just cut out the W altogether and just said, oh, just call it ERS. We're just going to call it ERS now, you know? Like, well, should, you should tell the listening public that uh, why are we bringing up Emerson? I don't know if anyone knows that you attended that university college. College, college, yeah. I attended Emerson. I graduated a bachelor's in journalism back in 2012. And um, in, in certain ways, it served me well. And it was, uh, it was a fun experience at Emerson. They were fun times, fun times over there. It led you all the way to the Kids Like You and Me podcast in December of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Up. exactly. More or less. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Wow, I guess this is our our de facto holiday party in a way. Drinks <laughs> up. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Oh. Yeah, I gotta get a drink. Mm. Monday, Monday morning somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. God. So yeah, let's let's go back to almost the very beginning, because like. The whole, like, you know, this band kind of started in earnest in in 2015. You know, our first gig was Speed Trial, and then I went off to Nantucket. 2015 was kind of the year that we started in earnest. You know, we had had a jam session a few years prior under the name Johnny and the Foodmasters with, you know, myself, Brian, and Glenn. But, but you know, 2015 is when we really, like, made it happen, and we did the Austin Speed Trial. But then, then I went away to Nantucket. I did a summer gig there. Um, and then I came back like, so kind of reinvigorated and I was freelance. So I had like, 
I was in a, I, I was working this schedule where most of my work was in the afternoons and evenings at the time. And so I had the days three, I, I had my daytime pretty much free. I had my mornings pretty much free. So it's like I had all the time in the world to, you know, we would do our jam sessions and then I would just like work on the recordings during the day and then go do my piano teaching in the afternoon. So we just like, we had this string of shows, like we did like the Love That Johnny album and the Isle 2 album that came out of our jam sessions. But then, um, you know, really, you know, the recordings are one thing, but I, I feel like the real story of the Food Masters is the live show, you know? And, you know, that's how we kind of, that was the time, like the fall of 2015, that we really kind of started to become what Food Masters really became, you know, in a way. So, you know, we did our Cantab show, we did Out of the Blue, we played in Lowell. Yeah, that was all the um, the fall of 2015. Yeah, that was, that was like our formative time in a way, you know. And, uh, and so with that came our first holiday show. Right. That was at Zuzu. I believe it was, right. yeah, it was on a Monday night. Yep. And I think it was really like, I think I was the one who was pushing to do like an all holiday song set. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know. I mean, that kind of came out of two things, you know, one being, one being that I don't think like, like, I feel like as long as our songs are coming from the past and by the past, I mean like, you know, maybe like 1964 and older, you know, I consider that whole stretch of time to be pretty much fair game for the food masters. And I mean, yeah, it ends up being pretty much focused in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. But you know, I think of that whole stretch of time, those classic, classics is fair game part of this heritage that we're that food masters is like keeping alive in a way is you know this heritage that we're coming out of is like the idea of okay these are songs which were made a long time ago before we were born these are songs that were made in the 50s and 60s but have stood the test of time and that's why we're doing them and in a sense there's nothing more standard or traditional than a christmas song because it's literally sure. songs that come back every year. And yeah, it's it, true. You know, it's never going to end. Love it or hate it. That's never going to change. <laughs> like, well, I don't know, it's one thing I like about some of uh, this time of the year is that you do, you are hearing like, you know, people like the drifters or like Brenda Lee or mm-hmm. Chuck Berry, like on the, you know, in like the mainstream, you know, radio, I mean, not uh, beyond like other, like, like memory stations or, st- or something like that. You can hear hearing in like movies and just in general, a lot of the old, old Christmas songs and holiday songs and mm-hmm. stuff. And it, it's, it's like popular for like, you know, a few weeks of the year or whatever. So as of, as of this recording, the number 10 song on the Billboard Hot 100 for whatever that counts for in 2020 the top 10 songs on the Billboard Hot 100 as of this date are, uh, there's Mr. Brian. Oh, looks like Mr. Yeah. Brian's coming in. Uh, Yo, what up, kid? What's up, buddy? Yo, what's yeah, up? Brian. We are podcast. Yo, what up, dude? Nothing much. How you doing, dude? Yo, just fucking living the good life, you know? Hey, attaboy. attaboy. There you go. Hell uh, yeah. You. Joined by our drummer, Brian. Yes. <laughs> Late as usual. That <laughs> <I> sucks. <laughs> So, top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. Number 10, Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. Oh, wow. 
Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Why did I even show up to this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian's gone. To my contract. No fucking Christmas music. <laughs> That's right. This right. I was like watching this Nardwar or like it was like a phone interview Nardwar with like Beck and uh, he just sounds he's like so like 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 pissed off like the whole time and Nardwar is like speak up Beck voice of a generation and he's just like fuck off <laughs> and then it's like drops the phone <laughs> got uh well Brian I was in the middle of making a point here you know number 10 we've got Feliz Navidad number 6 is Andy Williams the most wonderful time of the year number 5 Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee and the number one song as of this date the number one song in the country I'll, I'll do it as case case the number one song in the country is Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas is you, which in and of itself, in and of itself, <laughs> is a tribute to the Phil Spector Christmas album, which came out in the early 60s. Right. So, you know, Bob Dylan did a Christmas album 10 years ago, and it's like pretty hilarious. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. Have you seen the video for like his Christmas song? No. Oh, my God. I don't understand like what's supposed to be happening in it like they need to do like a pop-up video for it like i don't know it's just like some weird ass christmas party where there's just like a bunch of things going on with like no explanation and i just i want to know if he came up with the idea for that video and they were just like all right let's just go with it or whether it was like some like director person was just like all right this is the concept but um i mean dylan doesn't talk that much about that sort of stuff anymore so we'll probably never know but let's get him on yeah yeah is it Bob Dylan must be Santa? Is that the song? I think that is the one. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> just, just the whole idea of Bob Dylan doing like a music video just seems so strange to me. <laughs> well, you know, it's like an anachronism. You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had that one where he's just like holding like the signs with like words. Subterranean homesick blues. Yes. Yes. And, oh really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was yeah. And in addition to everything else he was doing, in, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he made one of the first music videos. Um, so homeboy Bob Dylan, he's explaining himself for you know because people are wondering. Not a video, a film. Yeah, yeah. He released a music film. True. true. <laughs> yeah. So probably shot on Super Eight too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but they're asking him why you're making a Christmas album. And he's like, well, I'm a folk singer. I sing folk songs and traditional songs. I come from that American tradition. And there's nothing more traditional than a Christmas song, you know? And I can say that as someone who worked as a traveling piano teacher for like six years ish, like in earnest from, like, you know, maybe like three years before I got my current job, you know, you got to any piano bench and I've seen enough piano benches that I can say this, you got to any house with a piano and you open up the piano bench where they keep the sheet music nine times out of 10, that piano bench is going to be loaded with Christmas music and nothing else. <laughs> You're absolutely correct, Mr. Ben. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It seems so bizarre. And yet it, when you hear it, it makes all the sense in the world. 
you know like people go gaga for this shit <laughs> so that's why you say that we are we nothing is more i don't think i've ever heard you say that up until now was that what you always yeah. felt or is it something that you just dawned on you when you got high the other day <laughs> <laughs> just in case your uh, public school system uh, happens to be listening to this podcast <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you going under the alias B. Bennis Britty? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bennis, yeah, Bennis sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Bennis. Patrick Bennis. <laughs> Shout out to the farm. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Point being that the whole idea of this band is we do songs that have stood the test of time. You know, like I was just. You guys ruined my favorite songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruin another one. <laughs> another one. Wow, that- we do songs that are standards. We do songs that are that have stood the test of time. You know, like you know, fifties and sixties songs that people who were born far after that era know. You know, and, you know, our friends Glenn and Brian happened to do some time at Johnny's Food Masters. So, you know, they're quite familiar with those songs, plus a few of the deep cuts as well. But it's like, you know, you can't get more traditional than Jingle Bell Rock by country singer Bobby Helms recorded in the 1950s. A song that just keeps coming back each and every year. That is the very definition of an American standard. American standard also being an excellent manufacturer of toilets. So we're not, uh, we're actually not avant-garde well, <laughs> at all. Most like, commercial band, all. most commercial band on the planet. Well, in a sense, <laughs> yeah, I always fucking sellouts. <laughs> We don't even sell. We don't even. We're not even getting paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. We bootleg, but we didn't sell. We're bootleg oats. <laughs> yeah. It's worth. I, I feel like perhaps we have. I feel like we would exist somewhere between Andy Warhol and Jackson Pollock. Jeez, that's bold. Well, that's a, those are bold claims. <laughs> You ain't wrong, but keep going. We're talking about the spec of order versus chaos. But what if we were to actually, you know, relate our project to the spectrum of Jackson Pollock abstract expressionism and Andy Warhol's pop art? Okay. And, you know, shout out to Frank Marino. PhD student, aren't you? No, this doesn't come from art school. This came from Frank Marino uh, from the Galvin Middle. Shout out to that guy. Oh, (laughs) Mr. Marino. Shout out to you. I like wrote it down. I'm eating it up. And I'm like, Jackson Pollock, you know, he's teaching that to fifth graders. And I'm like, I'm going to save that because I'm going to need that later. You know? Oh, wait, you were the only kid. Well, you actually remembered that? God, yes, I did. Yeah. You animal. Brian, did you? What's that? (laughs) Did you remember Mr. Marino speak off about abstract expressionalism? Not really, but (laughs) I remember playing Simon (laughs) (laughs) Ben. Whoa, that was, that didn't need to be brought up. I can't speak for what Ryan's class in my class he was actually pretty good with the art history I gotta say like pretty <laughs> teaching Whoa. to fifth and sixth graders but what was the Simon Says all about <laughs> I know I hate to I hate to bring it up but I just what, like you, you, like you never played Simon Says in uh, Mr. Marino's class <laughs> I mean all the time Thank I'm you. just trying to th- what did it mean though I, I think if I did I blocked it out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you re- wait you repressed it oh shit no that that simon says all day 
<laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Linda, can we give you a little background? There's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no like context whatsoever. No, no, context is at Lindy's house. He lives there. Uh, <laughs> right there. What's up, Conrad? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we're talking about the art teacher from the Wakefield Middle School. <laughs> yeah, R- so that's some R- towny R- shit. This is yeah, yeah, this is R- 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 casual listener there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, but Brian, how often was the Simon Says in your class? Uh, Christ, man, we played that shit like like every day. Yeah, <laughs> totally. If only if we were good, man. I feel like it's. I think the the Jackson Pollock Andy Warhol thing. I feel like it's more like for me, like like high school band versus like middle school art project for me. I think that's the that's the, <laughs> the, that's, the, that's, the that's the spectrum that I. That's the, <laughs> dude, that's totally the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simon says versus notes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we talking? Are we talking uh, an official school jazz band for high school, or are we talking, talking. a garage band? You know, a pop punk band with an emo twinge. Sure, sure. <laughs> we should name drop the entire city of Greenwood, the entire section of uh, <laughs> known as Greenwood, because those kids they wanted the name recognition and. This is the only chance they got at it. <laughs> shout out, shout uh, out to my my well, like in a good Greenwood way. Goon Squad. Yeah, Fitzy, Smitty, Billy, Bobby, Twami. You know who we should have on here? Dan. He Dan was Gary. a member at one point. Yeah, let's get Dan Gary on here. What the fuck? We should Wait, do. No. We oh, should yeah. do a podcast episode that just has like us and all the former Food Master members. <laughs> yes, and, that's like, a great idea. We need to ask them why they left. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Confrontation. <laughs> Cut, yeah. Put it on the spot. A real heart-to-heart, <laughs> lifetime special type thing. Well, who was the last member to leave? I think technically my sister. Yeah. 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 She formally left. No, I she- mean, it's been a few years. She... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Liz, what's up? Oh, shit. Got it right on the phone. Liz, what's up? What did you call me for? Hey, I'm on a podcast with the Food Masters. Oh, you want Regan to come? He's your number one fan. Oh, shit. (laughs) Damn. Damn, heavy. Instagram. You okay? You sound a little tired. I have to watch X-Files now. You're watching the X-Files? It has Gillian Anderson. I love her very much. Yeah, she's hot, but like... Um, yeah, but he's so hot, Benny. Oh, oh, yeah, I agree. But Liz, <laughs> Liz, Lizzie, 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 I mean, I agree. Jillian Anderson, he's a female scientist. Oh, oh, yeah, all time. But like, but like, you know, we're on a podcast with the Food Masters right now, and they're hearing everything you just said. Is it the old one or the new X Files? And is the new one any good? That's my question. Lizzie, you sound like a theremin. Yeah, I'm playing. I'm singing the X Files song. Yes, yes, yes. Well, say hi to the food masters. Hi. Wait, who's there? Chris? Yeah, it's all of us. Uh, uh, yeah. And Mo- Hi. Yeah, yeah. Hey, crazy. What's, it's crazy. Hey. You're on the phone, but you, you sound better than Ben, who's on his fancy microphone from Staples. Phone. Good job, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to use my phone microphone? No, no, just call into the Zoom. I'll get you in here. Oh, I want to <laughs> Zoom. No, we'll, we'll do, we can do another. Uh, yeah, we can do it. Yeah. 
We can do another Zoom with the former food masters. All right. Yeah. Another date. I'll, I'll let you go so you can. I think, I think we have to prepare. Hey, we have to prepare you. our hard headed <laughs> questions. Yeah. Well. All righty. Oh, Asian spelling. Okay. Well, I think we have to get into the next part without naming names. Um, so, so, Greenwood. so I made this big push in 2015 to for us to do a holiday show. And that happened to be a free show on a Monday night at Zuzu. I saw that. Yes, yes. Lindy. It was before Lindy was officially in the band. And she was coming to all the shows. So we figured, ah, let's just add her to the band, you know. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, what were, you, what were you thinking at that time? <laughs> I mean, I was like... I recognized the songs. I remember the Christmas one. And like, I think yeah, I recognized <laughs> most of the songs and was just like, wow, these are interesting interpretations of the songs. And this is like really fucking entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at that time, we didn't really have Lindy's role in the band. I mean, we had Dengary on bass, but like, you know, the other role Lindy plays is she's our female vocalist. And, you know, we've been such a better band for it, having Lindy in the fold and having her sing so many of our songs. Like, it's like opened us up to, yep. it's opened us up to shit that we could never do otherwise, you know, like, you know, you know. so it's been a blessing to, to have Lindy in the fold with us, but we had brought in someone to be, you know, our female vocalist for that show. And <laughs> she, she came to two practices and then on the day of the show, she bailed. <laughs> and that was, and so that was, uh, uh, that was an interesting day, you know, because like, you know, we learned the day of that. Oh, uh, me and Brian are singing the Mariah Carey song instead. OK. All right. Let's do this, guys. Let's do this. <laughs> had she well, seen the band before? You know, she, she hadn't. But, you know, I had known her through mutual friends. That was your first mistake. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never. Be for, let's be real here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bullshitting. It was nothing, nothing against her. We just. <laughs> scared her off sure. <laughs> well she's friend- oh, no, no. She, made, she, she made the right choice mm. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah yeah Sometimes she's gonna jump out of the plane with a parachute you know <laughs> yeah. On a more interesting note, I think like one of the if I'm if I remember correctly, this this show was when Brian had had his injury. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had Rich on drums, who's now in Philly. Yeah. That was doing his fill-in, and I remember I can't remember what exact song it might have been. I want to say it was either Last Christmas or maybe All I Want for Christmas Is You. But I remember Brian with like a PV, a mic hooked up to a PV amp, like uh, screaming, scream singing at least one song. I also think that that might have been like, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but I think you also, you had brought, you had invited a date to the hello, to the holiday show. Oh, <laughs> was that, wow. was that, uh, is that true? I can't, I, it was at that show. I think it was. Baller move. Yeah. I mean, th- there was like a lot of stuff that happened that night, you know, it's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was yeah, truly but, one of those times. Um, but it still stands that um, I, I I gave up my uh, my vocalist career um, as soon as my uh, finger healed back up. I'm sad you did because I, I feel like you could totally pull off the singing drummer bit, you know, or you know, or or at least you know, go animal on us, you know. 
know, ah, God, Snoopy, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, like, I, I play the drums. I play the fucking drums. I don't do anything else. Uh-huh. <laughs> Noise guitar. Yeah, yeah, so that too. <laughs> <laughs> Same amp too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too. Like it's it's always a mixed bag with the mid masters, but uh, as far as like who's in the crowd or how many people are there, but that show was was pretty was pretty packed. Yeah, that's I was <laughs> trying to get there. The, that was one of the biggest crowds we ever had. And then the next show we did, I think it was literally the next show we did was the David Bowie tribute show, yeah. which was like yeah. very shortly after, very quickly organized after David Bowie died. And like between those two shows, probably the two biggest crowds we ever played to. And yeah, that was a huge crowd that night. Yeah. And, Bowie, yeah, I remember that. And also we were, for the, both of those shows, we were playing very atypical sets. We never did a David Bowie set ever again. Um, and... I mean, we did Dancing in the Street a few more times afterwards, but like, and then the Christmas set, it's just like this thing that we kind of brought back in different ways each year in a, in, in a sense, you know? Yeah. The next time, the next time around was 2016, we were at... No, it was a couple of years where... Yeah, there wasn't like, a show in 2016, because well, we I remember like in 2016, I joined and I played like three shows and then like the band kind of went on hiatus. Yeah. And then kind of did a comeback in 2017 comeback. with Liz. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. How long was that hiatus? I forget. That was like eight six months. months. Yeah. I think it was the last one in 2016 was, was that Uncharted. Yeah. Mole in yeah. May. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I remember like the first jam was back was January of 17. And then the yes. show a month later at Cantab was yeah. February 17. Actually, yeah. Most of us were at a house party. And it was a Christmas party, so we ended up playing, you know, some of the Christmas songs and bringing that back for for that event. And then the next time around was through, well, I was going to say Lindy threw a house party, and now I'm like, no, I asked Lindy if we could have a house party at her house. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because things fell through with, I really, that was a great one. That was when I started to be like, oh, I'm really into the holiday, like, show idea. Like, it was just really fun and I don't know it made me realize like my favorite time of the year is kind of that like right around the holidays when people kind of they either have work off or like even if they're like working in especially like people that work in offices it's kind of like they know that at work way less is expected or they already had like the sort of end of the year crunch and are kind of done with everything so everybody's like going out and just like yeah going to shows and bars all of a sudden it's like you or you see people who are back in town who like you haven't seen in a while because they moved and then they're like back visiting family and you just yeah see them at shows and yeah it's yeah totally yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah so so we had a very fun little unplugged performance at lindy's yeah and that was 2017 yes yes Wait, yeah. oh that was it sure doesn't december 2017 yes. yeah, yeah american whip appeal it's like the other band yeah that's yeah. right on. yes because no, yeah. No, yeah we for three years in a row we've played our holiday show with whip appeal yeah yeah some form of it yeah so because the next year we were at dorchester art project with whip appeal and the glue yes, yes. yes. and love strangers uh, that's another that's another yeah. band i always love to see the glue absolutely yes yes fine band and then at that 
that point, by the point of 2018, we were like, okay, we'll do a few holiday songs, but we won't make it the whole set. So we also like did some of our, we also did some songs that we don't really do much in there. But you know, it was, that was a really fun set, the 2018 set. Yeah. We did like Hang On Sloopy. We did uh, In No Mountain High Enough. <laughs> that was we did we did a lot of stuff that we don't that we don't usually do so that was that was a really cool one and then 2019 at the same venue right and <laughs> children of the flaming wheel yeah and, yeah yeah really good and the sweats that glue and whip appeal you were there for a little and then i ate a cookie with a, with a cookie with peanut butter in it uh and i had to go to the hospital and i had to miss the entire show and i was kicking myself the entire time because frankly i was fine you know, once they gave me the medicine, I was pretty much okay. I was jacked up on adrenaline. So like, I was like rattling the hospital bed, literally like trying like hell to get out of there so that I could get back to Dorchester Art Project and play the greatest show of my life. Like I would have been doing like 10 minute piano solos and like, you know, screaming at everybody. Like I was. <laughs> you thought there was a chance, Ben? Oh, oh God. Yes. I was like, oh my God, if they let me get out of here, I'm going to put on the show of my life um but and on my insistence you guys fucking rock the place and you played fine as ever in my absence and sure enough i haven't played a food master show since it's been over a year holy shit yeah, yeah. i have the video of that show yeah oh, do you oh yes sick. i saw the video and i'm like oh you, you should premiere it wait there's a video oh yeah yes i yeah. i need to like chop it up it's like so that way it can get out of my iCloud. like it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. shit okay cool it's oh, too yeah. big and like google drive like won't even let me <laughs> upload it yeah oh wow that's awesome yeah i can't wait to watch that oh yeah i remember watching it like a year ago and i'm like oh my god you guys just rock the fuck out you know what do you need me for so now i just want to be the brian wilson of the band and like no 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 i i want to not write not write all our songs i want to just stay home and do the recordings while you guys do the live shows i No, no, no. I mean, no, we, we need knew that. that we had your blessing, I think, to, yeah. to carry on with that show. Then normally, we, you know, we wouldn't have done such a thing, but... Right. Like, for the love of God, don't cancel the show over me. You know, I was like, do the show. Everyone's there. The gear is there. Do the show. I, I was like, because I would have I would have felt even worse if you guys had, you know, done because I wasn't there, you know? And You're a caring dude. You're a good dude. I, I thought you guys sounded fine as ever without me there. <laughs> we're just lucky you uh you're fine you know i mean yeah jesus, jesus that's no joke yeah so judging by your timeline though like according to your timeline of the band to like you know most first of all like i think it's i think there's no surprise that there's like our biggest shows were like at the, at our earliest shows <laughs> because i think people hadn't caught on to exactly what we were quite yet <laughs> um, yeah sure. a lot of people still haven't caught on to what we are it's true it's true it's especially true. at th- those shows i think we really disguised ourselves well like oh we can play a sold out holiday party at zuzu and then oh we're on a david bowie tribute band bill 
right yeah and, uh, and at least for the holiday at least for the holiday show it was it was too cold to to for people to just like leave you know they, it, was, it was warmer for <laughs> yeah. uh, them to stay inside <laughs> um, it was a better alternative <laughs> yeah yeah the um but i feel like the other thing i think about is like oh shit like like 2016 to like the end of 2019 like that's like the fucking trump era you know like johnny and the food masters is like you know really came up through the trump era so the trump like, <laughs> you know oh, like yeah like what is that what, what's it gonna be what, you know you know how, how is the new era gonna shift johnny and the food masters is the band that the trump era deserves <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right yeah shit well my grandmother said grandmother of uh gram spot she said that the world okay. will end if trump becomes president shortly before she passed oh shit wild um, and we've yes so that's the gram spot connection so we're the six horsemen of the apocalypse is what you're saying <laughs> not far from hey. unfortunately true Mr. Yeah. C. Solid. yeah i mean it, you know they i think they said that covid started like somewhere around december or so the first november december in uh in china so you know it, i think it may it sort of makes sense that our last the last show we played ushered was in, in december this. wait we yeah, played yeah. a show without ben and then like shit <laughs> went haywire that's right there you go <laughs> Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's right. That's that's the. That's true. Ben, you took it a picture the with the Corona bottle and you put and you posted it to us in like January yeah, in the right. thread. Oh, good lord! Okay. No, I know you can edit that out, but I'm just saying. I I was looking up old things. I <laughs> we, mean, we don't need any more conspiracy <laughs> theories theorists coming after us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, especially Ben coming after Ben for. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the six uh, horse. Of the apocalypse, and then Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like some high school conspiracy theorist. Of like, see, look, it's evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they knew. Look at the dates. Look at the dates. Yeah, Mr. Brian, it was Mr. Marino's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Simon didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> You should post this to the Wakefield community group. You really shouldn't, but <laughs> I mean, that would, that would, you want to talk about becoming the most popular than we've ever been. We would, but at a cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's infamy, <laughs> not fame. Hey, yeah. hey, Glenn, actually, you remember that, that sick plug you gave to Wakefield at the end of the Black Lodge show? <laughs> oh, Brian and I awesome. were talking about this the other night. Wait, what happened? <laughs> My favorite moment of probably the Food Masters ever was when we played the Black Lodge. And what, what, Brian, what was it? It was like, it was like at the end of the set, like as like all this feedback was coming through, it was yeah. like, you were like, we're from Wakefields. We got a nice high school. We got a nice library. Uh, I think it was nice like, we have lake. a nice lake. We have a yeah, nice yeah. high school. <laughs> that was during the set? At the yeah, end. At the end. It was the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we gotta find that. We gotta find that. To, 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 to give the audience, you know, some some context as to what what the hell just happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, that sort of was the vibe oh, that night. Sure. He's 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 right there. Yeah, that was the vibe. <laughs> that was by far the noisiest food master set. <laughs> that was like an actual like noise set. <laughs> hell yeah! The, when we had the oh, we, yeah. had, we had the two bassists, the two drummers. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, that might have been before a lot of bands started like copying that kind of shit. Were we the first of its kind? No. <laughs> no, I think the Wait, Alvin the Brothers. Wait, the two drummers or the? <laughs> I'm just saying everything. <laughs> I always thought that would be sick to do a, a bitches brew style food masters jam. Mm. Hell yeah. yeah! We were also just talking about this, weren't we? I, got I think so. The that sounds great. Absolutely. Sounds like you guys have been having some good talks, and I'm in favor of it all the way. Yeah, bitches brew or that idea of like a double band. If you will, like, I mean, Black Lodge has to be like the closest that we ever came to to really get in there. Just about. Anyway, hey, I have a question. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is just me or I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but once you grow your hair long, kind of like Mr. Chris and myself, I did try to cut it short a little bit. But once you grow it long, it never goes back to being how it was. Mm. What? I've grown and cut my hair a lot throughout my life. It's and it it did yeah, I, I have this theory though that it doesn't. And I'm just I'm just letting you know that, Chris. Okay. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> I just see I, I, Do you I, cut your own hair, Glenn? No, I, I went to a new a new place and oh, okay. and I, I wanted kind of it to go back to how it used to be, but it won't. Things change as you get older, right? A little bit. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like it's like a metaphor for life or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, things things do change. <laughs> but the classics stay. But the food masters didn't really change. Yeah, I mean, we'll never that. grow, right? As we'll never grow, <laughs> be able to grow as a band. That would be the goal. I feel like it's evolved at some point. I mean, just if you look at various like videos and recordings it there's there are some changes it's like a gradual sort of but there's like a clear like evolution that yeah yeah it's no, so. right it does evolve yeah. like there are definitely evolve, sometimes there's evolve. a stronger like wall of noise aspect to it and i think more <laughs> like even like with vocals and stuff like a lot more just like strange and chaotic and sometimes like you can't even hear the vocals and then like some of the later like towards i mean that yeah basically towards like some of the last shows we ever played like it's more like garage sound like it's a little bit not exactly tight but for food masters i think tighter and yeah oh damn i, more yeah, I, balanced. Gotta, I gotta listen yeah. back a little bit so like you're saying it's like more like a garage thing than like a, a noisier thing i think the rhythm kind of comes out more i think brian's drum actually stands out more in like later things and it just gives it like kind of a garage band feel and almost like yeah like that last show that i have a recording of i'll give it to you but it sounds like it sounds like a punk garage show versus some of the other stuff where it's just like a noise blast or something suddenly you guys sound like a garage band you know yeah but then you know when i come in suddenly suddenly like it's true i feel like i feel you know, going back to Pollock and Warhol, mm -hmm. right? And again, we have Frank Marino to thank for this entire... Marino and Bankert, or whatever the guy was. He Bankert or uh, Bankhart? Uh, but maybe a more accurate analogy would be Pollock, Norman Rockwell, and Warhol actually being the oddly perfect middle ground between Norman Rockwell realism and, Norman and abstract expressionism. See, I feel like other music is Rockwell... And there's a lot of music that, you know, you guys have probably heard, you know, 
that is more on the Pollock spectrum. I feel we're Andy Warhol. We exist in the middle. And also, we are a reaction to pop culture. We are an interpretation of the pop culture of the 50s and 60s. Stop blowing my mind. You're blowing my mind, BBT. I can't handle this. So we are Andy Warhol. We're going to be, we were famous for 15 minutes between 2015 and 2016, and we're never going to be famous ever again. I mean, Uh sounds about right to me. (laughs) Oh, was that the 15 seconds of fame? He originated that? That was Warhol. Yeah. So that was true. Okay. He predicted internet fame before the internet. I, f- I feel like one thing I feel like with the, the last show is like, you know, at least for me, I feel like like having, having been, you know, there and like being like sort of like keeping things together, I think allows more like like chaos you know what i mean yes 100 like like if there's if there's another pole like if there's the pole of 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 order it's like it allows the pole of chaos to have freer reign but if it there's not there's not that that counterbalance then it's like you have to just kind of move towards the middle of like maybe more of like the garage sound or something that's like a little bit more like i felt like the last show it's like oh shit like like more responsibility to like be like oh like we have to like we kind of have to know what we're doing you know in a way because ben's not there to be like all right it's in the key this key or whatever you know what i mean yeah all 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 you all everyone else was you know that you were all instrumental in trying to reenact these songs because i i can't do that i don't have that ability i i mean i do but it comes out in a foreign language it's a it's not the same language as anyone else what, what i always say is that glenn is playing the song perfectly glenn is playing the song exactly as it's supposed to sound it's just that it's not the same song that the rest of us are playing (laughs) and that's the brilliance of of glenn you know we were having a discussion about how the last show we played at cantab we played so and that recording is absolutely hilarious because i'm playing it in e but moral was playing it in g at the exact same time I think guys playing it differently too. So, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh, that's. So I think cool. I was playing it in G also. I, I oh, don't okay. actually remember, but yeah, something like that. We were playing a song in two different keys at the same time, entirely by accident, and. I was talking with Glenn a few days ago being like, if Radiohead did that on purpose, where like everyone else in the band played a song in the key of G, but Tom York played it in E, rock critics would never shut the fuck up about how genius Radiohead are for doing that. So, (laughs) you know, but when we do it by accident, we're amateurs. So, you know, that's the great hypocrisy of music in a way. It truly is. For someone like a Radiohead to do something like that, but then say that they did it on purpose suddenly they're geniuses but so you're saying we were shut out from our from our due fame and appreciation (laughs) (laughs) on purpose was always the source of bad ideas (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like that slogan (laughs) it wasn't very thought out no pun intended
Yeah. There you go. <laughs> microphone drop. All right, I'll drop the mic. Because people normally they say mic drop, but I say microphone drop or microtonal drop. Uh. I, ben, I think that that joke is de- depends on a passing level of music theory that I don't think any of the anyone else in this band has. <laughs> Certainly not me. <laughs> hey, well, Ben on the intel. So hey, <laughs> yeah. do you understand music more than most people? Objectively, to put it in the most humble way I can, yes. <laughs> yeah, please, please, <laughs> please do. I'd love to. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair shake. You know, I mean, but I, I suppose the answer to that depends on what metric are you going by. You know, like there could be a band, like say, <sighs> all right, Lindy, you're on headphones, right? I am. Okay, good. <laughs> okay good like let's just say that i was and this is not an entirely true statement but let's say for argument's sake that i don't really get the grateful dead let's say for argument's sake that i was somebody who's like pretty knowledgeable about music perhaps has a degree in music or whatnot and just me personally i never really got the grateful dead but clearly the grateful dead has an enormous following and a passionate following of people who deeply connect to that music. And, you know, that goes for all sorts of musicians out there. You know, that goes for the Black Lips. That goes for the Brian Jonestown Massacre. You know, that goes for Billy Joel. That goes for, you know, what have you. And they all start with B for some reason. I was going to say, it's like, and other bands <laughs> don't start with the letter B. Uh, so, like, <laughs> bands that, like, that for me, that doesn't make the feelings and the opinions of people who are truly passionate about this music any less valid if anything it makes you know if anything it makes the fandom that much more valid that they get it and i don't you know who am i to say that who am i to be a snob about it you know do i do i feel like i know more about music than you know other people yeah sure whatever but like by what metric you know you're talking about from like a technical perspective from a technical perspective yeah but from like the perspective of somebody who can name dates and locations of a Grateful Dead show or dates and locations of a nice guy show for that matter. Like I've got nothing on those people, you know? So who am I to, who am I to say that I, I that I'm above anyone who, who, who can do that? Cause I, I'm not, I'm not. So what you, what is the utility of knowledge of music then? <sighs> It mostly just makes you appreciate Steely Dan more, to be frank. (laughs) 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 Yo, honestly, my, you know, my guitar teacher was the exact same way. Like, (laughs) went to Berkeley and all this stuff and, like, obsessed about Steely Dan. Like, (laughs) it was just reeling in the years, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh shit bbt you just gotta join an original steely dan s band don't quit food masters but in addition <laughs> give it a try um perhaps under the moniker steely tan that's perfect yeah <laughs> i mean if, if your little nas x impressions weren't enough that will certainly get you somewhere <laughs> Yeah, you gotta expand your demographics. You gotta, you gotta reach the, 
you got to reach like the 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 sort of younger set of boomers. Mm. <laughs> the, the get some boomers. content, farm some content for that <laughs> that crowd. Then you can really get monetized. If Edward Snowden was a band, he'd be us. We <laughs> 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 from Andy Warhol to Edward Snowden. <laughs> well, next up is uh, that other guy, the Google guy. James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's call him up. <laughs> yeah. More Wakefield references. <laughs> yeah. Hey, James. Who? Oh, hey. hey. Oh, does does T Solid know? Who did? Yeah. I'll I'll send it on the Zoom. Yeah, James Tamori Google. Oh, this. Oh yeah. Oh, James <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> This. Oh him. <laughs> of course, I know James. Scandal. <laughs> Yeah, and the press was calling his house too. They <laughs> straight up thought that. Oh shit! Oh wow! Really? Holy shit! <laughs> wow! Oh right, I forgot about this shit. I I heard about this story, but I didn't realize I didn't make the the connection. I made the connection immediately, and then <laughs> it was just once Ben said they started calling his house. I was like, oh shit, this is too much. Holy shit! <laughs> There's only two of them in the world. No, Crazy. Really? I know for such a popular name. There's only two. I think, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, Wakefield James Demory was at our last show. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was wait our last. Uh, I can't believe that was our last show. I know. It was. We had no idea. Weird to think. <laughs> you know. Yes. And then Glenn's Glenn's wedding was like right. the time that we all saw each other. Yeah. yeah. Fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah. Just a lot of people in one room. Right now, you see that, and it just makes you. Yeah. That wouldn't be go nuts. Yeah. Right. But back then, it was just like, how low can you go, BBT? Fuck. Uh, um, it's crazy. That was normal, and you know, as we, you know, as we approach, you know, a new stage where you know the vaccine is reaching people, and you know, eventually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, eventually we're going to get vaccinated and whatnot, but it's like, it's going to be such a weird adjustment to try to get back there. I mean, I think everything, any type of even suggestion of like, even like playing a live show to an audience, I think like, obviously we all want back to that. We all want to come back to that world. Um, but I think like there's just going to be a lot of questions over, can we do this or, or, you know, is it appropriate to do this or, or, you know, are we doing this in the safe way or whatnot, you know? And like, it's this, it's going to be like, I, and I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic about this, you know, sure, I, yeah. I don't think that this whole thing of isolation is going to last forever, you know, I mean, and yet at the same time, at the same time, I do think that COVID-19 is, you know, I'm not a medical expert or anything. So like, I'm totally spitballing here, you know, I'm no Dr. Fauci. So God, please don't quote me on any of this, but like, you know, like, I think COVID-19 is something that we're going to have to live with. And I'm not saying, oh, just give everyone the virus and give everyone herd immunity. I'm saying like, it's still going to be a thing that people can get. It's still going to be a virus that spreads. And what the vaccine is going to do, right, is 
it's not going to eliminate it entirely. It's going to lessen the effects. And there's a big difference between the two. And we need to be aware. People are still going to get it, but it might not kill them this time. You know, that's all it is. You know, COVID-19 is, for some people, it's like having a cold. You know, it's like downgrading the virus, if you will, you know, when we have this vaccine. And, and so that puts into question, can we truly get back to normal? You know, can we truly have more than 12 people in a room? Yeah, I think it will be a matter of time, but I think eventually we'll, we'll get there. Just like, it's going to be one of those things that I think it's going to be more like, not just, it's going to be like little by little. Yeah. I think it's going to be like an overnight thing by any stretch. That's what I'm getting at. You know, I, I think like, yeah, I, I, think, I think it'll also like, if we, if we get back to people being together, then I don't, I, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't get, get rid of my masks, you know, for, yeah. you know, I think it's, I think that that's going to be a, even longer, you know, true. Um, I feel like we'll probably get back together and then, you know, still be masked or whatever. Um, at least, I mean, that's, that's kind of what like a lot of countries, you know, have, did after star SARS, right? Like they yeah. still, you know, they had the populations like still masked, especially during like, you know, flu seasons and that sort of stuff yeah yeah i mean i i read a bit about the vaccines and like the the mrna ones or whatever like it seems like pretty like the effectiveness it's like what like 95 percent for like one of the different vaccines like it seems like i mean i think the question is like will everyone take one of the vaccines is like no <laughs> um but i don't know i, I mean i just maybe mm. this should be edited out of the podcast but i feel like once the vaccine actually is available to everyone who wants it i don't necessarily like i think it's just kind of like well you know there are people who don't get their measles vaccines and that fucking sucks for them if they you know choose not to and then you know or if you choose not to get like your tetanus booster like you know mm-hmm. it's just kind of i don't know but at the same time that's on that yeah. that's on that. yeah yeah i just think that's gonna be it's unfortunately gonna become like a political thing i think i mean i get there are people who are worried because it's new because they don't know anything about like clinical research and like how normally the fda has a big backlog but they had to pretty much shut any research down that wasn't related to covid so they're able to approve everything quickly <laughs> but yeah i don't know one thing i saw that was that i i uh i watched like a um a con like a show that one of the bands i listened to put on through this um this thing called like live from events and it's like they like uh it's like they live streamed like they all got together masked up and all that stuff and played played and live streamed it for like an oh. audience and that was really uh actually it was like i was at first i was like kind of like yeah i'll just like do it because it's like something to do on a saturday night or whatever but it actually like just even that like just put like an immediate like smile on my face to be able to awesome. do, you know just like listen like not just like listen to recording of a band but actually like listen to like a live band in a way um with all of them together and all that stuff uh and have that just the you know it won't re- it doesn't replace it at all but like it definitely was like a like a, a better substitute than i thought it would be you know it just like it felt it got me back a little bit there sure so i feel like that's that's another thing that that you know could be on the agenda um in the future for sure even before all that shit. Yeah, true. I feel like, yeah, yeah. 
you know, one way or another, I think in one way or another, logic is going to find a way out of this, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, whether, you know, it may not be live music as we know it, but it may be a creative form. And, you know, one of the silver linings, I think, of, of this pandemic is, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking all the limitations that we have to live through and, you know, the isolation and whatnot. Um, but at the same time, people are embracing creativity and people are embracing technology. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, this could be because, you know, creativity is born of necessity, you know, like a live stream performance, you see people doing that who would never do it before because of necessity, you know? So through the necessity of not being able to do things the old way, people are turning to new ways. People are embracing technology. People are embracing new ideas, you know? And so I think that spirit could very well continue, you know, even if, you know, if we end up, if it ends up being a late return, if you will, to live performance as we know it in the traditional form, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll get there. Just, you know, just, well, uh, yeah. You know, when, it, when it's hip to do so. I think, well, I think with all of the setbacks that the arts have had this year and from the pandemic, you know, all the venues that have closed, all the arts organizations that have taken a hit, I think, I think creative thinking and embracing technology and embracing new ideas is not only a good thing, but I think it's the, I think it's the key to their survival. I think we have to be ready for how to make art in a pandemic, you know? And if we don't figure it out now, then we're never going to figure it out. You, we're, you know, then these same groups are, are not going to make it through the future. You know, like if it's say a community theater group that was already struggling to begin with, mm. you know, how many groups like that are, have, have been, shut, you know, how many, how many DIY venues have shut down this year, you know? Mm. And it's like, so if you're an organization that makes art, you know, that's plea to you and to whoever may be hearing this, if you are an individual or an organization or a group that makes art, now is the time to embrace technology. Now is the time to embrace new ideas because that is art. That is that the medium is the message. You know, I, I think like that in and of itself, how the art scene, visual performing, what have you, is going to survive into the future, pandemic or not. Wonderful, wonderful thinking. I think that's so true, especially people that are making things that are a little bit rejected by the mainstream of society becomes especially tougher as for whatever reason yeah those like you said ben those community groups and anyone that supports do-it-yourself grass, grassroots art unfortunately I, I, it'll take people speaking up rather than waiting for things to happen because uh, they won't just happen Right. I'm still, I'm optimistic because I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much just all that's, uh, that's always the case really when you think about it. I mean, it's obviously, this is an onslaught that's like bigger than, you know, anything in like recent memory. But I mean, when you think of like all the DIY stuff people do, it's, it's, you know, it's a reaction to there being a lack of, of, you know, opportunities all the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm optimistic. And I think too, the idea of like, you know, when it's, if it can be done safely and I think it can be like, as we get into like the warmer months, 
doing more like outdoor things. I mean, we might even yeah. see that in potentially other places that have like a, you know, might be warmer and we could maybe see like how, how that turns out. I mean, I've seen it in my own neighborhood and it's like, yeah, I think that is going to be like the, like kind of the immediate future is going to be like the outdoor yeah. things. It's like, it's kind of cool. Cause it yeah. seems like it's like people who kind of know each other. It seems kind of like informal almost like I've seen like marching bands. And I think yeah. Ben and Chris, you were like, yeah. And JP, like we were hanging out and like, there was like a, it was like a blues grass, like band, just like kind of playing. It seemed like people, like some people kind of would like, you know, they'd pack up their instrument and leave and somebody else would come and like set up and, like, I don't know. I mean, however, like, arts start to come back, it's like if cities are going to be anything, like, close to, like, livable or whatever, mm-hmm. like, arts coming back is going to be, like, a necessity. It's going to have to be part of that and, like, is what's going to facilitate that. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's really hard because it's, like, I think a lot of official venues or whatever, there's, there were all, Boston was already losing a lot of those. Um, yeah. So it's going to be, I think... Yeah, I'm gonna have to like reach out within our networks and all that and try to yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I feel like I'd like to see uh it'd be cool to see a parking lot. I've been I've seen I've seen to I have been to a parking lot shows, but I feel like parking lot shows or any big sort of like outside outdoor area would be cool. Um Michael the less grass the better. Yeah. Mike Love's Beach Boys have uh, played a couple shows outdoors, including a very ritzy Trump. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's... Yeah, I think the problem with parking lot shows in Boston is that there's no place to park. So it's like... (laughs) 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 Any any place that has a parking lot is like, that's like a fucking premium, you know? It's like... Oh, yeah, it costs like sixty dollars to enter. That's a very high cover fee. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. You're Thirty bucks to park your car at the Whole Foods by Berkeley. You know. Yeah. Well, they that's have, not like, event day. That's not event. That's not event parking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. aren't playing. Yeah. <laughs> they, had in, they had in Providence. There was um something outdoors a few months ago, or maybe I don't know when it was. I forget, but it was it was, it was somewhat recently. In, yeah, it was in no okay, so it was in November. Wasn't it outside the venue? Yeah. But yeah. So, um, I don't know how that turned out, but I mean like I don't know. I guess that's what I was thinking more. I don't know. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean shit. It's uh definitely something that like places like that, I mean you should even like even doing something like you know, in a park or something like that. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. you know, I'll just, or, or a Jenny show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll just say this. Yeah. I think Boston calling would be a million times more enjoyable. If the, if the number of audience tickets sold was cut in half. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that makes it difficult too. Cause then it's like either after upcharge or they gotta, <laughs> How gotta raise the prices or they gotta, uh, you know, well, I guess the bands nobody really cares because you know a lot of the bands aren't that great anyways. So. Oh, well, we were supposed to get like Boston Calling was supposed to get like Rage Against the Machine. Oh right, <laughs> like it was like Rage Against the Machine, Foo Fighters, and Red Hot Chili Peppers with John Frusciante joining the band for his sh- for like his first show back in years. <laughs> that's right that was that this year yeah because that i remember uh and there was also um what was the what, what's the band that rage uh fucking tom Morello and chuck d were do, was oh, doing was doing profit the rage profit the rage yeah 
was it, that was they were going to do a big tour like in 2020, weren't they? Oh wow! Rage Against the Machine, yeah. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine and Public Enemy, yeah, yeah. Quite frankly, would have been the perfect anti-Trump tour. <laughs> yeah. Tickets were like four hundred bucks. That yeah, like, actually, I remember looking because I was kind of like, oh, I would actually like go to that. Pretty- I was like, oh, I'd even spend a little bit of money to do that. But then I was like, oh, four hundred bucks is a whole other realm of. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the killer thing. That's like. It's just kind of funny that these like monsters of this sort of like anti-capitalist, anti-corporate thing, but then they cost like a ton of money. And I know like obviously that goes beyond like the band, you know. To be clear, that is purely rage because I because I saw Public Enemy right with Larnell at the House of Blues ten years ago for like twenty bucks. Okay, right. That's that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's some bands too that like uh, do play like bigger shows like that, and it's like not. Not that much. I mean, Ben, we saw Ben Glenn. Uh, we saw Beach Boys, and that wasn't that. I can't remember what it was, but it was probably like 30, 40 bucks or something. Nosebleeds for like 30 bucks. <laughs> and yeah. that, well, it was outside, too. Or, so or old school could, like, Fugazi that you only Yeah, exactly. Play, like, five bucks. Yeah. Or five <laughs> bucks all ages. That's, that's all they would do. Yeah, exactly. No, that, that's wild. They would book, they booked their own shows and they would. They would uh, they would charge it was only five dollars and but it had to be all ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like I'm sure, like it, it, when you get at that level for that kind of band, of course, like there's so many different like red tape between the band and yeah, you know, how much it costs to go see them. But it is sort of a, it is kind of a bummer to me when it's like I'd like to go see like some like Rage Against Machine, and it's like, but then it's like I'm not, I don't know, I don't think I want to pay like that much money to go see them. Well, you know? part of it is. Part of it is the fact that Rage has not played together for years. So that builds up the demand. That builds up the in for them to raise their prices like that. Yeah. Whereas the Beach Boys, thanks to Mike Love, have literally never stopped touring since the 60s. They've never. Yeah, no, there's not as much demand there. That I mean, there's, that's the thing. Like, um, but it, well, it's just also too, is like, I'm sure this is true for all of us uh to one extent or another it's like we all go to shows all the time you know that like i've seen so many of my favorite bands that it's like i you know it's like i I may have been booking them or or i saw them for like five bucks or something so it's it's and in in an intimate small venue or something so it's like it it gets harder for me to like be like oh it's gonna be this amazing show that i see that i spent an outrageous amount of money for you know yeah well, shall we wrap up soon? I guess yeah. wrap up here, yeah. Is there enough usable content? <laughs> uh, there's only three minute, a three-minute podcast. I'll make <laughs> a mini-sode. A mini-sode. Uh, you, could do a, you could do a subscribers only, only fans um, version. <laughs> Glenn, my uh, account was supposed to be our little secret. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> People can hear everything. The 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 Merino uncensored tapes. <laughs> oh God! Definitely, <laughs> definitely got to cut that one out. <laughs> yeah. Right, Mr. Brian. You guys, you guys should leave everything. Just like every time a name is said, just like bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be the best thing. Oh God, that would. 
I do have to say that this, like, because I've listened to, like, you know, the the podcast, like, a bit. And, like, seeing how, like, for some of the other people, it's more like this, like, conversation. And they just, like, talk about where they're from and, like, their <laughs> journey into, like, DIY or whatever. Versus, like, whenever, like, Food Masters do one, it's, like, almost kind of more like one of those, like, morning shows or whatever. Where it's, like, so chaotic and bleeping yeah. out the things would like yeah adding the bleeps and stuff and just random sound effects would yeah it would be like one of those <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well we got ben ben's experience maddie in the morning yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw some, right. you you know it you know the you got the first-hand knowledge oh yeah and we even have the liz phone call like yeah just like random phone call oh, yeah. oh my god <laughs> Just add, like, do some prank calls or whatever and throw them in. And you're listening to Johnny and the Food Masters on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do with my... <laughs> Thanks for checking out other podcasts. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It's, yeah, yeah, respect. Thank you for putting it the podcasts out. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the the context episode that was a good one. Yeah, yeah well, and then some of the other so like also yeah, others are good too. Like it's good. Yeah, nice listening. Right on. Cool. Well, stuff you guys, good stuff. Yeah. So we usually ask the question, but we already kind of talked about it. Of when do you think shows will return? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> as soon as it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. I'd say yeah. Being you know. I think that's I think that's going to be the biggest driver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like if we're just ta- I guess it depends on what you mean. Like if you're saying like yeah. outdoor shows, I feel like the summer like right. we'll probably have that. Um I feel like to approach the point where we could get back to the normalcy of like house shows or or like even just like sh- you know shows at bars and shit, I feel like like even for me like I feel like I wouldn't be, you know, I think that would take me a little bit longer to feel comfortable about that, but yeah, you know, even with a vaccine and shit, but I feel like, you know, definitely the summer for outdoor shows. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we should, we should get more creative as far as like, Oh uh, yeah. We have things. some ideas. I don't want to say anything just yet, but we have some ideas. So nice. I, oh, hell yeah. Welcome to the Rama Lama. <laughs> yeah. 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 We missed we missed lot this I year's Rama Lama. Yeah. Parking lot Rama Lama. I think it was yeah. like um like an outdoor to do like an outdoor food master show and then live streaming. Hell yeah. That sounds like a yeah. plan too. I like the sound of that. Yeah, I purposely always keep the question open ended, just cause just to see where like people go with it. Like you had mentioned earlier with the streaming, and then like someone can say outdoor or whatever. I just kind of like to keep it sort of a little bit more open ended. What about outdoor um, outdoor practice spaces like Jam Spot, but an outdoors version where everyone kind of gets to like have a a, pos- a plot of land as their well, practice space? Well, you know. Yeah, you know, like get the gear under a tent or something. I mean, people were, it's funny, people were still using Jam Spot not that long ago. I don't know if they, I can't, I don't know if they're still open, but I remember I walked by it a few months ago and I could hear music come from there. Wow. Was it like solo stuff? Like people that have like roommates and just like, they just want to play guitar in a room (laughs) somewhere and. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I see people like they'll bring, they'll be like practicing their instruments outside, like in parks and stuff. And JP, I mean, not yeah. now that it's cold, but it's like, yeah, if you like live with roommates that are like, you no, know, especially if your roommates are now like working from home and mm-hmm. like might have meetings or whatever, like, you know, just gotta do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, I guess, yeah, we can, we can wrap it up now. Um, yeah. yeah, this has been awesome. It's been awesome seeing all of you again. Obviously, it's a bo- <laughs> obviously it sucks that we can't do like what we normally do. But um, yeah, no, thanks again. Thanks everybody for coming on. It's been awesome. Yes, yes, yeah. Indeed. Miss all of you deeply. Yeah. Yes, I miss you all. Yeah, miss. See you soon. I uh, hope. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, come up to Lynn sometime. Yeah. Absolutely. I do want yeah, I'm gonna I think walk to to like Lynn someday. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Like, oh yeah, man. Maybe, come on, maybe, come on up. Yeah. yeah just bring maybe for your protection, all right? That's what I think I'm gonna do and oh, yeah. we can like hang out or something. But hey, bro, yeah, I'll if you if out. you make it to Brian's then then I'll uh, yeah. Then I'll meet you there. Brian Break. Yeah. Oh yeah, my house actually isn't that far from yours, Chris. It's probably like it's probably like a two-hour walk, two or three hours. It's not that bad. You know, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> Deal breaker for me. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> getting those steps in—that's we're gonna answer. walk down to where you are, Ben. Right now, it might take four or six hours, but that's a fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah four six, probably a couple days actually. Bro- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brian see can this. make it in twelve. Probably, yeah, yeah, probably twelve hours. Brian, Brian me, teleported sure. from Alston to uh, Waltham, <laughs> not on the eve of oh, the yeah. birth of this band. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But not he's he's not going to make it very far with that uh, that, with that smoker's cough right there. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to shove the Q-tip up his nose right away. <laughs> <laughs> ben, I think I'm gonna fucking shove my fist in your face. Nice. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> All right, get perfect way to end the podcast. <laughs> yes. All right, Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. night. Be safe. Yeah. Me be too. safe. Happy holidays. Yes. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays.
Oh, oh, oh. That's when the 